0: Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Guys, God wants to speak to us today. God wants to truly minister to us today. And I want to reach out and allow God to reach right into your situation, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever is top of mind in your life right now, saying this is the thing that I need to see change in." So is the Word of God today. God wants to speak into that very area. My message, it's called Vision Changes Reality. Vision changes how things operate. We were in prayer yesterday and Grant had a word, and I thought, has he been checking my notes again? Has he had a camera set up somewhere in in my bedroom where I prepare? Because he said, let's go up on the mountain and meet with God. And that is the word of God for this time. Let's go up on the mountain and hear what God is saying. We're going to read first from Ezekiel 40. I just want to again say welcome, everybody, those that are watching from other countries. I see people watching from England and wherever, and I'm so excited to have you on, people from all over Africa watching. God is here, and God wants to meet with you. Ezekiel 40, from verse 1, in the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th of the month, it was the 14th year after the city fell. 14 years since everything they had been excited about, since everything... That was theirs. Since everything that was good, after 14 years of lockdown, God suddenly is speaking. And God touched me and brought me here and brought me in a divine vision to the land of Israel and set me down on a high mountain. You see, we lose hope after 10 days of being in lockdown. It's the seventh day of level four. It's a year and a half since this trouble started, and people are losing hope, and people are saying, where's God? And people are saying, how do we get through this? Now, imagine the Israels, 25 years since exile, 25 years since everything they held dear was ripped away from them, and they were taken to a strange city, and they were acting there as slaves. How much hope would you have lost in 25 years? How much Would you have still believed God after 25 years? How much would you have still taken the prophecies seriously after 14 years, after the city was destroyed? And he set me down on a high mountain. To the south, there were buildings that looked like a city. He took me there, and I met a man, deeply tanned like bronze. And he stood at the entrance, holding a linen cord and a measuring stick. And I feel that's obviously a picture of Jesus. Imagine during the exile time if God took uh, Ezekiel onto the mountain and showed him modern day Jerusalem with lights and multi-story buildings and just a beautiful picture compared to what they were experiencing in exile, destruction and walls that were flattened and the temple is destroyed and nothing's working and everybody's acting as slaves. And suddenly God shows them their future. Well, I believe today Jesus wants to show you your future. Jesus wants to show you and bring you up on the mountain to say, Come away from looking at things from in the midst of the crisis. And look at things from my perspective. Because God is never in the situation. He's always over the situation. He's walking with us, but He is not caught up by the way we see things he's not frustrated by what's happening today because he sees into the future and he says to me in verse 4 then he said man son of man look and listen carefully pay close attention to everything I'm going to show you that's why you've been brought here and then tell Israel everything you see so God is wanting us to get a fresh vision to go and tell somebody God wants us to shift from being stuck in our circumstances or under our circumstances. How many people, when you phone them now and ask them, how are they doing? They say, well, under the circumstances, I'm doing okay. We're not under the circumstances. We are above it. We have come up onto the mountain with God, and we're looking at the situation and knowing that this is not permanent. This is not the end of the story. There is a new hope. And a fresh plan in Jesus. Amen, amen. I spoke to some business people today. And he just, I mean in this week. And he just answered my WhatsApp with a one word answer. And it was a swear word. And he just, that's how bad it's going. And I'm saying, God. How do we bring light into that situation? How do we change the vision in the situation where people that have been strong for years and years are suddenly taking so much strain that their answer is just one word and just one word, swear word? And I'm saying, God, what do you see? And um, let's go to Isaiah 2. We've heard from Ezekiel. Let's go hear what did Isaiah say. Isaiah 2 says, this is what Isaiah, son of Amos, said. So concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. So this time of loneliness, I truly am experiencing loneliness. I'm feeling so separated from everybody. God says the nations will stream to us. Many people will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways so that we may walk in His paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares. Now hear this portion, people, that whatever you're using to fight right now, He will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. So what is used to just survive now is going to be used to grow. Because when you're plowing, you're extending your fields. You're getting ready for a harvest. When you are pruning, you are saying, God, I want new growth to happen. I'm cutting away that which is dead so that that which is alive can grow. So he's saying that the time of war, we're going to go into a time of prosperity. And even the world is saying, after this pandemic, they're expecting a blessed time. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, the God's word is saying that after this time of war, we are in a war right now. There's coming a time of plowing and pruning, a time of growth. There'll be plenty of weapons. Oh, shender, sorry, I'm, I'm jumping here. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hills. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Let's hear that word for our country. (laughs) Oh, Sometimes if you look at what's happening in our country, you want to lose hope because you think, how will we ever get through everything that is there? And God says it's coming to an end. God says we will not be in a perpetual state of war. We will not be in a perpetual fight. We are going to come into a time of setting down weapons, of being in a place of peace. Come, descendants of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Oh, come South Africa. Come Africa. Come the whole world. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us walk in another way. Let's expect a change. Let's go back to Ezekiel. Before chapter 40, there was chapter 39. And look how this ties in with what Isaiah says. It's coming. I'm at verse 8 of Ezekiel 39, it's coming. Yes, it will happen. This is the day I've been telling you about. There's coming a change. It's not going to stay like this forever. Some people are saying we're going to stay in COVID forever. We're going to see 30 or 40 or 70 waves of it coming. God says, no, no, there's another day coming. People will come out of the cities of Israel and make a huge bonfire of the weapons of war. Oh, this which we're using to survive is going to be able to be used to make a fire with. Piling on shields, large and small, bows and arrows, clubs and spears of fire, they'll keep going for seven years. They won't need to go out into the woods to get fuel for fire. That is just saying that they were in such a huge fight, that they had so much weapons, that they'll be able to make a bonfire with it that'll last for seven years. There'll be plenty of weapons to keep it going. They'll strip down those who strip them. They'll rob those who rob them. Decree the God, the master. So I want to try and explain here that prophetically, the Israelites were often in a similar kind of position than what we are in today. Often the Israelites went through such incredibly tough times, but God stayed their God, and God stayed true to them, and God always promised them that there's an outcome coming, and we have to understand that we are going to come out. You see, some things that we have had, all us captive long before the pandemic came, long before this time came, 14 years, 25 years, 30 years, you've been stuck in a certain way. And what has the pandemic done? It's made that very thing worse. It's brought it out to the top that you have no choice but to deal with it. You have no other plan but to say, God, I need you to sort this thing out. So instead of this thing pushing you down, it should rise faith inside of you. Let faith arise, people of God. Let you understand that God is going to change things. Ezekiel 41, 42, and 43 draws the picture of the new Jerusalem. But it just draws this picture of Jesus going to measure the gate and measure this side and measure that. It's a beautiful piece explaining, but... It's too long for us to go into it now. So let's jump to verse 43. Then the man brought me to the gate facing east. Can I say, then Jesus brought me to the gate facing east. And I saw the glory of God of Israel coming from the east. His voice like the roar of rushing waters. And the land was radiant with his glory. Oh, the glory of God is going to come. And this place is going to be radiant with the power of God. We spoke last week about blossoming and blooming and sprouting. This is going to be radiant with the glory of God. If you feel oppressed, if you feel down, if you feel like you just don't have a good answer anymore, I want to tell you God is going to change it. The glory of God is going to come into your situation as you move out of your situation and go on the top of the mountain. And you look down at your situation and suddenly you see God's going to bring me out. This is not the end of the story. This is not where it's going to end. This is not how it's going to be perpetuated. God says there's a day coming of his glory. And it's going to be so powerful that everything's going to change. Oh, yendaranaka. let's go to 2 Kings 7. You see the message is perpetuated right through the Bible. There was many tough days. But tough times don't last. But tough people do. And Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, and we've often preached about this, a seer of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. It was so tough that they were eating their children. It was so tough that they had lost hope. And God comes and says, tomorrow, flour is going to be cheap. Tomorrow... Everything that you need barley is going to be cheap right here at this very place. You see, they had lost hope, and they'd come to the prophet and said, but how is it ever going to change? And the prophet says, tomorrow, everything's going to be new. And we know the story that the lepers that were outside of the city said, well, we're going to die in any case. And they went into the enemy's camp, and the enemy ran away for a couple of lepers Because God made a sound as they walked down the hill that scared them and they ran away. And there's a sound of God. We just read about it in Ezekiel that the glory of God is going to come like a sound of rushing water. There's a sound coming that's going to change the pandemic. That's going to change the thing that scares you most at the moment. Businessmen, I want to tell you there's coming a time where this will just be a story that you tell. The year of 2021, June and July of 2021, will just be part of your story, part of your testimony, part of your breakthrough. Because God says, tomorrow about this time, everything's going to be different. I know that I gave some words to some in the last few while that change is coming. And it's still taking time and it hasn't happened yet. But I want to encourage that word again. The change is now and God says you will not stay where you are. Jobs is coming, breakthroughs are coming, businesses are coming. Can I quickly speak to business people? Imagine what your business can do just on your own strength. What can you do? Let's talk to somebody who's making food. There's a couple of people in our church that makes food or has a party. How many parties can you have in your own strength? Maybe two or three on a Saturday, maybe another one on a Sunday afternoon. That's in your own strength. Now God says multiply that by a hundred. Whatever you imagine, okay, I can finish one building a month in my own strength. I can do 10 buildings a year. Okay, God says multiply that by a hundred. Because God is not the God of the natural. God is the God of the supernatural. Oh I know that our teams can link up a thousand homes in the natural every single month. But I know that when God comes in, it can be a hundred thousand. Why? Because of the supernatural belief of what God can do. Let's look at Jeremiah, the crying prophet. What does he say in Jeremiah 29 about tough days? Oh, This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Kadnesah had carried into exile. The way I can change it is saying this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent to Johannesburg to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people that the pandemic, COVID-19, had carried into exile. You see, God wants to speak to us in the time of lockdown. God wants to speak to us in the time of suffering. God wants to speak to us in the time when we think we have no hope. And yet God comes in okay, now let me talk to you guys who are suffering under this process, who's lost businesses, who's lost loved ones, who are struggling with illness, who are facing death every day. Yeah. On Facebook, somebody described one of our local hospitals that you can feel death hanging in the air all the time. That's how they described it. They said the parking lot's empty because nothing else is taken care of than COVID. But the ambulances are lining up at the gate. And that's exactly what we saw when we were there last week. And you can actually feel death hanging in the air. But I want to speak into that situation right now with the power of God and declaring life to everybody that is facing death. God is saying, I'm going to change that death that you can, tangible death, to tangible life. Oh, yendara nakashondoronoku. I hope I've got your attention because this is the word of God to the exiles. He entrusted the letter to Elizabeth, son of Shaphan, and to Gamariah, son of this one and that one. And he sent it to the king Nebuchadnezzar. And it said this, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down plant gardens and eat what they have produced. Church of God, do not let things get so bad that you have no more hope. Push in as if it's a good time. Do stuff as if it's a good time. Marry and have sons and daughters. You see, we think that because of lockdown, we can't push forward. Because of lockdown, we can't do and grow. But God is saying this is a planting time. This is a getting ready for growth time or marry give sons and daughters in marriage so that they too have sons and daughters increase in number do not decrease i am speaking to every person in this time this is not a time to decrease this is a time to increase are you ready for increase are you ready to hear that God is saying increase yes. in the midst of struggling, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of that feeling of death hanging around? God is saying, this is not my plan. This is not how I want it to happen. I am saying, increase, increase, yes. increase. Oh, yender. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Oh, Lord God, we seek the peace and prosperity of Johannesburg. Oh, Lord Jesus, we know that things are tough. We know that everything isn't right. We're not happy with the situation, both politically and emotionally, spiritually, as well as financially. But we are seeking the peace and prosperity of our country. We are believing you that even in the midst of the things that are wrong, we are going to have peace and prosperity. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers... You too will prosper. So you might not be happy with the political situation in our country. You might not be happy with the rules of lockdown. You might not be happy with mask wearing or separation or that we are only allowed six people here in the building. But God says pray for this in the midst of the things that you're not happy with. In the midst of things not going the way you want them to go. Don't moan and groan. Start praying. Start declaring the crossover time, start declaring the going up on the mountain time, start declaring that the economy will get life, as mom preached a couple of minutes ago, yes. there's a new economy, even in the midst of lockdown, that which has come against you, will not touch you, because God's got you, yes. oh, now verse 10, he says, when 70 years are completed, 70 means the fullness of time, It's not necessarily 70 years. Oh, yendaranaka. I will come to you and fulfill my good promises to bring you back to this place. God is going to come and intervene in your situation and my situation. God has not left you. God has not forsaken you, God says, I'm coming to fetch you, Lord God, I speak to everybody that feels like an orphan, that feels neglected and left out, I speak to everyone that has so much loss and pain in their lives, and I'm telling them, God is coming to fetch you, verse 11 is often quoted, but I think it's not quoted Always in the right context. Because it was quoted at a time of suffering. It was quoted at a time of lockdown. It was quoted at a time of exile. It was quoted in a time when nothing was working. Let's hear it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Everybody that has lost hope, let this verse sink in. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, don't just say it as a little rhyme as something nice, but say it as a declaration in the midst of tough times. God's plan is to prosper you. It's not only to prosper those who have the prosperity teaching. God's plan is to prosper his children and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Oh, that's not Hannah's 1 verse 1. That's Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I have a plan of hope and future for you. If you have lost hope, then just acknowledge it right now. Say, God, I've lost hope. But I'm hearing something different, God. I'm hearing that you have a plan for me. I can't see it and I don't know where it's going to come from. But I'm hearing that you have a future for me. I see so many faces in front of me of people that have been suffering for years. People that have seen destruction. People that have seen things moving away and backwards and backwards and backwards. And God says, I'm bringing in a hope and a future into your situation. Verse 12. And they don't always quote verse 12 with verse 11, but it has to come together. Then you will call on me And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God's plan works with your prayer. It's not separate. You can't quote the one verse without the next verse. Okay, it's going to go well with me, and I don't have to do anything. Then you will call on me, and I will come and pray to me, and I will listen to me. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Oh, yes, Jesus Father God, we cannot just quote verse 11 and saying everything's going to be okay. At this time, we have to push in for prayer. I was so excited about our online prayer. We had more people on our online prayer, which is difficult and uncomfortable than what we ever have in a prayer meeting inside the church. Come on, guys. Five o'clock every Saturday. We spend one hour on Zoom, and we're praying. For the month of July, it will be on Zoom I'm trusting God that in August we'll be in real life again, and we'll be in a totally different ballgame. I will be found by you, verse 14, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Whatever you're going through, whatever is holding you back, whatever is stopping you from reaching your destiny, God says, I'm going to get you out of that. I'm going to fetch you from that situation, and I'm going to get you out of it in Jesus' name. I'll gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, and I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you in exile. There's a promise of God that is going to shake everything. There's a promise of God that says it's going to be okay. There's a promise of God that says we are going to survive. We are the remnant because we've got this far. And that's why the promises of God is for us. We are the survivors. We are those that are here to, as was right at the beginning, Ezekiel said, take real care to listen to what I'm saying. We have to really seriously take it. God, are you really saying it's going to go better with me after this pandemic? are you really saying that that which has held me captive for 14 years and 25 years and 30 years is going to be gone by the end of this pandemic? Oh, Lord Jesus. Theodore Roosevelt said a very simple thing. Do what you can with what you have. You see, in the pandemic, we might not have access to all of it. We can't go to the office because we're all working from home. I don't like it and I'm not very effective from home because there's distractions But um, I am working with what I can and what I have because God's given it to us. We don't have great contracts right now. We don't have everything perfect. But we're doing what we can with what we have because we believe there's a change coming. We believe there's a shift coming. We believe there's another level coming. Let's take it to the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 4. And verse 17, these troubles and sufferings of ours are after all quite small and won't last very long. (laughs) But it feels so overwhelming, God, but relative to, yes, the short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever and ever. Suddenly our perspective changes. Suddenly we're up on the mountain with God and we realize that the suffering is this long and eternity, I can't even draw it out. Because God is saying that this little bit of trouble, this couple of issues with this pandemic, this couple of issues with health, this couple of issues with finances, it is short. God says, I'm speaking a new word and I'm changing everything. Let's go to Romans 8. Verse 18, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that will reveal to us later. Nothing. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. God is going to reveal who you really are. Who you really are is not this person that is stuck under this pandemic. Who you really are is not this moment of suffering. Who you really are is not the things that hasn't worked out. Who you really are is not your illness or the issues that you carry for so long. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. There's a change coming. This this time of death is not long term. God is saying, I've got an eternal perspective. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believe it's also grown even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. We are praying from a place of knowing that we're moving into a new place. We're not pray, praying from a place of destruction or a place of hopelessness or a place of beatenness. We are praying from a place of knowing that we're coming out of this. Oh, Shin. And we believe it's also grown even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering... You see, as much, we often pray about the suffering, but are we praying about the sin? Are we praying for God to set us free from the things that hold us captive? Yeah. Or are we only praying for the suffering to end? Whew, now it gets quiet. Even on the internet, it gets quiet. We too wait for the eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children including the new bodies He has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Church, have confidence in what God has promised to you. Then verse 26 talks all about praying in tongues, how the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. But you see, we don't know how to express this. For the Father knows, all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You see, don't you want to pray in line with God's will if we've just gone through what is God's will? God's will is prosperity. God's will is a hope. God's will is coming out of this situation. And then we think we know better, and we don't want to pray in tongues. We don't want to pray in a way that we can truly pray His will. And we know that God causes everything, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. God is going to get you through this, and somehow He's going to turn this tough time into a good time. Sometimes He's going to turn this loss into a blessing. Oh, For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them a right standing with himself. And having given them a right standing, he gave them his glory. You see, we are supposed to walk in glory. We're not supposed to walk in sullen, broken down, hopeless people. But the church has got out of unity. People are fighting each other. I see so many pastors getting upset with pastors that are getting the vaccines. And other pastors are getting upset because pastors are not having the vaccine. And the church is separated in the time that it should be united more than ever. I don't agree with everybody's stance. But I give you the freedom to serve God the way you want to. And I'm saying to you, let's not fight at this time. But let's get together as churches. In Verse 31 of Romans 8 what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Many things might have come against you in this time. Many things might not have worked out the way you thought it's going to work out. But I declare boldly that God is for you. Can you let that sink in? The problem is God's telling me that people have so many levels that they've built up in time. Layers of protection that this word comes and it bounces off your layer of self-belief. That you think that you can never have all of this. This word is for somebody else. This word is for some faith giant or some apostle or some pastor. But it's not for me. God is saying who can be against you So start letting that drop off. Let let those clapper that's on your eyes drop off so that you can see what God is saying about you. I declare to everyone who can't see a bright future, for the one who says I'm stuck, I will never change from where I'm at. I declare a bright future over you. I'm saying the sun... And the light of God is shining right into the darkness in your life. And it's changing everything. Yes, but I've tried so many times. Yes, I've even believed God and I've prayed and I've done all these things and it hasn't worked. You see, the, God, the Bible speaks about a quiet confidence and a patient confidence. It might take time. It might not happen in your time frame just like when Lazarus passed away, they said, if you came yesterday, yeah. my brother wouldn't be dead, because I thought it's too late, it's over and done with, God, it, you can't, even you can't intervene, but God says, I can intervene, it's never too late for me, it's never too late for me, says God, because I work on my own clock, I work on my own timing, And God is declaring to you now, people of God, that your situation is going to change. The internet and so on is full of what is going to happen economically after the pandemic, that it's going to go well. But I don't take that word as a word. I hear what God is saying when God said to me, come up onto the mountain and hear what I want you to tell the people of Israel, the people of God, the people who has chosen to walk His way. Oh, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. Business people, get ready to operate. When I say move, then move. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. God is going to say to you, move. Just like when there's a huge storm in Hawaii, the surfers travel from all across the world to be there when that wave hit. Sometimes they have a warning three or four days before the time that they must go and get in the water on such and such a date. Because there's a wave coming that they're going to surf to break world records. But they have to be watching the weather report all the time. They've got to be listening to what is being said. And when it says go, they don't make excuses. Well, I'm now busy with this or that. They move to be there, the ones who will truly get the world record are those that are there at exactly the right moment when the biggest wave comes. Now, I'm telling you, there's a wave of blessing come, and you better prepare yourself. You better get in the water. You better polish your surfboard, because God is going to let you ride the wave of success in a way like you've never imagined. This is a, a word of position, of position yourself for favor, of position yourself for breakthrough. Because there's a new season coming. There's a new season coming. We spoke about it last week already, and we are reiterating it today. That it's going to happen faster than what you can imagine. It's going to happen beyond what you think is possible in your realm of process. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for everyone that is suffering at this time. I want to pray for everyone that is saying, I don't see any hope. I don't know how things are going to change. I don't know how you can bring me out of this. Maybe you've lost your job or your business or your home or even a loved one. But God says, I'm with you and I've got you and I will see you through. Father, I pray for strength on the inner man for everyone that is suffering. I pray for new and fresh strength that makes them as bold as a lion. A change of perception of ourselves in the name of Jesus. A change of a perception of the glory that is upon us. That we will all shine radiantly with your love and your power. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you Lord Jesus.